Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. I think so often we find clarity from doing the wrong things, uh, doing things that we didn't think we wanted. You know, I had mentioned earlier that we tried to build Unmistakable into this like massive venture funded media company. And I thought maybe that's what I wanted. And before I knew it, I was like, oh, I nearly ran this business into the ground <laughs> because I was unclear. But that mistake brought you so much clarity. Yeah. So, I, so, so, you know, what we're saying is what gets you unstuck? Any action, any action is better than non-action. Any. Absolutely the wrong action will give you the wrong result, will give you the rest, will give you the clarity that you do not want that. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community. And that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember, folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Dolores, welcome to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation. Yeah, it is my pleasure to have you here. So I found out about your work through somebody who wrote it on your team. And given the role that Clarity plays in all of our lives, I thought, yes, this is a very important conversation that I want to have and hopefully we'll you know, find some clarity throughout our conversation. Uh, but before we get to that, having just heard that you have an accent, I want to start by asking you, where in the world did you grow up and oh. what impacted where you grew up end up having on the choices that you've made with your life and your career? Yeah. Um, and thank you for asking that because I've given keynotes and speaking engagements. And you know, when you speak for an hour and the first question they ask is, where did you come from? Mm-hmm. Um, then I know that they probably haven't heard much of what I just said because they were w- wondering where was my accent from. <laughs> so I am from Argentina and okay. um, my first language is Spanish. I, I, I grew up, was born and raised until 25 years old. Uh-huh. And what impact has that had on, you know, the choices you've made with your life and your career? So, so I, I came to the U.S. I moved to the U.S. when I was 25, uh, not planned. I actually happened to meet my husband in Buenos Aires. He was an American tourist. And uh, uh, we went out on this blind date that was supposed to be the let's entertain the foreigner kind of blind date. Um, and within within three months we were engaged and we and I moved here to the US. And I have to say, you know, when I first moved here, uh, first of all, my parents were like all freaking out and like like, you know, they're gonna get lost there and all that stuff. And I, I mean, everybody has their own experiences as immigrants in any country. Um, I my personal experience is I'm an Argentinian <clears throat> Austrian. Uh, where my grandparents were forced to migrate to Argentina from Vienna. And I've always seen my move as a choice. And it really changes the conversation. And 
as as an adult, I think I, I became of age here in the U.S. Um, I've raised my family. I have four children. And I find and I felt all along that being an outsider, a foreigner, uh, has given me more gifts than boundaries and that um, in some ways it has allowed me uh, to have a different perspective than most people. And I've never found kind of cast away or not included because of it. Mm. Um, what did you do for work in Argentina before you came here? So I... so. Um, I graduated from university when I was 24. Um, I, I went to school for business and I focused on, in 1996, I focused on uh, internet marketing of all play, of all things. Um, this is before Amazon and everything. But I graduated a little bit late because in my 20s, I had a pancreatic tumor and I was told I wasn't going to make it. And so... Uh, I did, obviously, and here I am. Um, but uh, it took me on a loop, and it took me on a on a journey of self discovery. It took me about six to nine months, about nine months, to fully come back to health. Um, and so, when I met my husband, I had just graduated from university, and right after I graduated, I decided to challenge myself because the pancreatic tumor was not enough. So I went and lived in the jungle of Malaysia for three months doing community work. Because uh, I wanted to found, find my own internal strength, and so when I met him, I had just come back from that trip, and um, and I really had not started my professional career at that time. I had published my thesis, which was in Spanish, but it was labeled "Marketing on the Internet: Relationship Marketing," and I was getting requests to speak and and. At that point, I didn't even make it into a book. It was a paper and I, I distributed it for free. So, so I had begun kind of that career, um, inching my, I, I was known. I mean, I was very young, uh, and very new, but nobody else knew what to do with the internet at the time, especially not what to do as far as how it would affect marketing. So I was kind of like a part time advisor to some companies on that, including actually I pitched the first website to, McDonald's Latin America, which at the time was a big, uh, not headquarters, but a big office <clears throat> was in Argentina. So that's, that's how I left Buenos Aires. Mm, wow. So when you <laughs> experience something like pancreatic cancer, pancreatic tumor at such a young age, I wonder what impact did that have on your perspective uh, about the finiteness of life, you know, and your own experience with mortality, and in, more importantly, what impact did that have, uh, you know, on the relationships in your life? That's a great question, and um, I, I mean, I think I'm comfortable, and we've talked about before this interview that I'm going to go there personal, and I'm going to tell you the real story, right? Not not the can answer. Mm. Personally, I had uh, at the time, you know, I was 19 when I was diagnosed by the time I had surgery, which by the way, I ended up having surgery in the US because the doctors in Argentina told my parents that I was, that they, that they had never had a really successful case of that kind of surgery on a young person, uh, mostly because the cases of pancreatic surgery were older people with a lot more complications. And they basically strongly suggested my parents that uh, they that they bring me here to the U.S. And I lived in Miami um, for um, two or three months um, for the surgery and then post-surgery. 
but I was, I, I was raised in a divorced family, like, you know, many of us may have. Um, but specifically, I, because of situations in Argentina and the way the system works, my mother lost custody of my brother and I. And so it is crazy, but when I was diagnosed with the pancreatic tumor, my first reaction was like, okay, you know, I'll just do what the doctors say. I never felt that, that it was the end. I just, I'm very intuitive and I just, I just didn't see it, but there was like a piece to it. And like, I didn't see it, but everybody around me was reacting like it was the end. And when I connected to that, I just was okay with it. Like it was, if, if that's it, then that's it. And, um, and, and so there was definitely a, a piece for myself around it. Obviously my family was all freaking out. Um, but personally, I've always seen it as a gift, uh, because in some weird way, I was granted the opportunity to live in Miami with my mom. My mom and my dad were there for the surgery, but then my dad left. He had to go back to Argentina to work. And my mom stayed with me without any of my other siblings or anybody. I was, I became an only child. And because of the, the severity of the surgery, I literally became a baby because I was, you know, it was a, it was a long surgery. I was in morphine for like 10 days. I didn't eat food for about yeah, a week or 10 days. And I went from like no food to baby food, literally like mashed butternut squash. Um, and so in a weird way, it was an amazing healing process. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously I healed the pancreas, but I healed my lack of mom. <laughs> mm. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's funny because I have so many people here uh, as guests who have been through incredible adversity in their life, and yet they managed to transform that into something powerful. And you said that you see it as a gift. And I wonder, is it something that you only saw as a gift in retrospect or even while it was happening? And how do other people cultivate that capacity to look at adversity in their life as a gift? Ooh. <laughs> so... I mean, it's hard for me to say, absolutely in retrospect, of course, right? With years of processing. But to be absolutely honest, it was, I never took, I mean, I, I like adventure. Adventure is one of my top values. And so I took it on as an adventure. And um, it really, I mean, I, I can remember specific moments when I did kind of, touch base with real reality and said, oh my God, what am I getting into? Like, for example, the day before the surgery, I meet with the surgeon for the first time and with my parents. And he's literally explaining like good American doctors do. They, 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 they tell you the full story, right? They don't even give you the abbreviated version mm -hmm. um, with all the details and, and the details at the time. And I was 20, I was young, I was in good shape. I was a, a dancer. And he basically said, well, you know, we're going to cut your stomach open, like horizontally, and we're going to do this, this and that. And that's when I remember thinking, oh my God, like, like this is real. And, 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 you know, I'm going to have a big scarf for life, which I do. Um, but beyond those very specific moments, like when I woke up from the surgery and, um, and I was in, in, in severe pain. Uh, but short of that, I also remember so many, great moments. Um, 
and uh, th- there was a joy in it. And and if you ask me, you know, how do people, how can you, anybody can cultivate that perspective? And I think it's about staying in the adventure, in that independent of what is going on, it's likely to be all new. And all new can scare us, but it also can be incredibly, I mean, I'm, if, if you can engage your curiosity, you can take it as a journey and you can take it as an, as an adventure and, and find, you know, the fun in it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you I don't want to sound like Pollyanna, but that's just what yeah. I experienced. No, no, absolutely. Uh, so you mentioned that you have four kids, and this is something I always wonder about immigrants, and particularly because of the fact that you're married to an American man. Uh, how do you preserve and maintain aspects of your culture, and what parts of your culture are lost as a byproduct of having mixed race kids? Great question. So, uh, I'll tell you a, a quick anecdote, and it may offend people, but I just uh, this is just who I am. Last summer, so we are, you know, I have a lot of kids and my house is always open. I live by the water in in Massachusetts and my children are all sailors. So my house in the summer becomes like the go-to person for people to come for food. All my kids' friends and, you know, (laughs) the older ones, are they're all teenagers and the older ones are junior instructors and whatever. Anyway, any given day I would get out of my office and I have 20 kids eating my kitchen, right? And last summer we had one of those lunch times. I, by the way, I, in the summer I stop working at eleven thirty and don't go back to work until one thirty because I want to be in that chaos. And we had a mix of people because I was always, of course, have guests. I had some kids from Argentina, you know, my best friend's daughter, and you know, a kind of mixed group of people. And there were there were my kids and some friends, and I was we were sharing some Argentinian sweets, which you know I had just come back from Argentina, and I said something like, "Well, for those that are foreign, let me explain what these things are." And my son's friend, who's obviously American, he looked at me. He's like, "Wait, Mrs. Hirschman, I'm not the foreign here." <laughs> And what I mean, what I'm trying to say is that my home, in some ways, and my husband actually loves it. Uh, as you walk through my door, you are in a different part of the world. <laughs> and so, in that sense, we have created or or create this merge of our cultures. Um, and I think, as a mother, we tend to be more the one that sets the the intimacy of the house. Um, you know, not always, but. Typically, the woman, you know, it's about the food and the, the way we eat and the way we sit at the table and the, 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 the micro habits, right? And so in that sense, I, I've been, um, it's been a great process of, 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 of having a different kind of, different kind of household. Um, one of the things that we do in the afternoon, every afternoon, we have tea time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Argentina, if, I don't know if you're very familiar, but, it's 98% European. So it's British and Germans and Austrians and Italians and Spanish. So there's afternoon tea. Um, and my kids growing up, they would bring their friends after school. And I would say, would you like tea? And they were like, well, I don't like to drink tea. I said, well, you don't have to drink tea, but you can have like, it's tea time. And we would sit at the table. But um, so, so those are the little things that I have been able with my husband to 
kind of preserve and and have and and share it with my community, my kids' friends and my my own friends. And some of the things that you lose are, you know, I have well, although my four children are bilingual, um, because my husband is not fully fluent in Spanish, the language, the main language in the house is English, and it's been hard for me to. To, it's been a challenge to raise my kids bilingual. I actually, as an entrepreneur, I once decided to open a language school and I, you know, I had 150 kids and six uh, teachers and we taught three languages. And I remember my mom looked at me one day and she's like, wouldn't that have been easier to just hire a tutor for your kids? Did you have to go and like open a whole after school program? I mean, that's just how I do things. Uh, I'm creative. I, I, I'm resourceful in that way. Uh, but so if anything, keeping and growing their, 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 their capacity to fluently speak Spanish has been a challenge. Yeah. Well, it's, <clears throat> that's funny you say that because that's really kind of what prompted the question for me because, you know, as an Indian American who's not married, my sister, it married an Indian guy, but he's also from a different part of India. So we speak two different languages. And I, I, I always wondered, like, you know, if I marry somebody who's not Indian, I'm pretty sure the first thing to go is going to be language, even though I, you know, fluent in my native language. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's, you have to be very intentional. I mean, I, I joke that. The way I did it was when my kids were very little, when my four, fourth child was born, I basically had four children in six years. So my third was one when the number four was born. And they were, the last two are boys and they're just boy boys. Um, so we had au pairs. And I insisted on having non-English speaking au pairs, like literally that they wouldn't speak any English so that I would you know, reinforce uh, Spanish in the house. And then once they got older and we stopped having au pairs, then is when I started the language school. When that went, then I moved to Argentina, actually. I moved to Argentina for six months uh, simply because I wanted my kids to go to school there. And so I always say that if my kids, when they grow up, they come back and say, Mama, why didn't you work harder on teaching us Spanish? I will just say, I... Trust me, I tried everything. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's shift gears a little bit and start getting into your actual work. So how in the world do you arrive at this idea of helping people find clarity? Like, where did that emerge from? What is the trajectory that led to this work? Yes. And um, it is, is, you know, it is a trajectory that was under my nose all my life, but I, I wouldn't see it. I couldn't see it. You know, what's right under our nose, we can't see Number one. And two, usually we can't, we don't give our, ourselves permission to do that. So, so, so just simply arriving to the name of my, my company, Masters in Clarity, required a whole process of personal development, acceptance of who I am, acceptance of the skills and gifts that I have, which of course we all have our own. And giving myself permission to play bigger. And so the true answer to that question is in 2013, I, 2012, it began and then 2013, I took action. 
I began, and it, this is typical. I was 38. Um, usually people start asking themselves, what is their life purpose or what are they here to do? Um, when you reach your forties and then you, when you reach your fifties, you have another whole crisis. I'm not there yet. But, um, when I was reaching my fortieth, I started to really ask myself, uh, what am I here to do? Like, what is my big purpose? And my mom is awesome. By no means do I have, I have anything to say about her, but, I remember, I mean, I had four kids that I was raising um, and I had, I've always been a business owner. So I, I, I always had a project I had in my, in my hands. And my mom would say to me, remember, she actually said to me, she said, Dolores, you're done. You are a mom. You have great kids. You have your business. Like, like stop, <laughs> like no more. And, but, but I wasn't happy. I was really feeling that there was a layer of me that I still hadn't uncovered. And that's when I learn more about coaching and the coaching industry. And I went back to school and I, and I become, became certified with the Coaches Institute, CTI. Um, and, you know, created by ICF and all that stuff. And it was in that training in one of the weekends in, 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 in the meeting that we were talking about life purpose and what came to me. And I'll share it with you. One of the exercises that they use is they use the, the, they use a metaphor as a framework to tap into your life purpose. Um, for example, it would be like, you know, I am the lamppost that brings light to your life or whatever. And in my um, case, what I came up in that room that day was I am the light that brings clarity to life. You know, it sounds grandiose. Please don't go tell your neighbor because they're going to look at you like, are you crazy? Um, it's supposed to be grandiose because it is a lifelong life purpose statement. But that day, uh, I took that as mine. It really resonated with me. And then uh, a few months later, when we were graduating, I had made friends with a group of women. We, it was the four of us and we went out for dinner and I had, I bought this tiny, uh, 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 frames, like photo frames. And in, in, I wrote, you know, hand wrote the word that I, that resonated with me of who each one of them were. You know, one was all about passion. The other one was all about collaboration, like their word. And I wrote for myself the word clarity. And I, I still have that frame on my desk. And uh, and when I launched my, my coaching practice, you know, I just launched and tried to figure out who I was and, and what was my positioning. Um, and it took me about four years to understand that all I am is I guide people to clarity. And I, I have a very creative side of my brain and a very analytical side of my brain. So I'm constantly creating what I call frameworks for clarity. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. 
Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mm. Wow. Uh, well, let's get into these ideas of frameworks for clarity. But you said three things that really caught my attention. Um, you said accepting who we are. Uh discovering our gifts and then playing bigger. How do you do all three of those things? <laughs> um, they are connected. Um, uh, I think we are. So, so, so they actually are building blocks. You can't do one without the other and accept. So recognizing your gifts comes first. First of all, the concept that you are gifted and that you are unique and that you're valuable um, is a concept that many of us don't grow up with. Uh, you know, our, our parents love us and there's no, you know, um, it's no, it's no, it's not about um, complaining. It's about understanding that culturally we are raised with love and acceptance, but for the most part, we're not raised to stand out. And um, so for me, it was, understanding that while I was very aware of my shortcomings, most of us are, um, I was clueless of what were my gifts. Uh, and I knew I must have some because I did stuff and people liked what I did. And so there was something in my life that I was doing well. And so for me, in the process of, of coaching, it, it gave me that permission and the space to clarify what was I really good at. 
And a framework for that or, a, or an exercise to do that is ask yourself, what would you do for free all day long without getting tired and without resenting it? And when you find that answer, you're probably likely to make a lot of money doing that. So number one. Number two is um, giving yourself permission to be that good, to to have those gifts, to 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 kind of praise yourself for that, for, for that what I call unique brilliance, right? Mm-hmm. And that takes years of undoing. Um, I mean, for me, it was years of undoing the concept as an Argentina woman of, you know, be kind, uh, don't be too loud, you know, a sacrifice. Um, I'm not saying you don't have to do any of those things, although I, I'm saying don't, please don't be too, too, uh, too small. Um, please don't be too, please don't be quiet. Uh, but, but, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not sacrificing or serving or, or helping. It just means that you give yourself permission to put yourself first sometimes. So when those two things are, are, you know, those two boxes are checked, then it's time to just turn up the volume and, and, and understand that when I play small, I don't serve anybody. Um, I actually, I'm a disservice because if I was granted with unique abilities or gifts, then who am I to hide them? Hmm. So you said something that uh, I want to do a deeper dive into. You said, you know, the U.S. is questionable what you do for free all day long, and potentially there's an opportunity to make a lot of money there. Now, one of the things that that raised for me is, is uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Cal Newport's work, but he wrote a book uh, called So Good That They Can't Ignore You, which really kind of questions that whole idea of uh, the passion fallacy because he said so often people have this sort of idea that they're passionate about something only to discover that they've actually not built any skill in that thing. And so they blindly like, you know, leave a job, you know, and and a few months later find themselves bankrupt. So I wonder how you balance the reality of the fact that, yeah, there might be this thing that you're willing to do, you know, for free all day long, but maybe you're not good enough for somebody to pay you for it yet. Great. So let's just be very clear here. And usually when I mean, what I mean is there are things you are able to do that uh, can probably fit into any context. So, so it's almost like finding the current, the current in the ocean, or the or the or the um, the warm wind, or the you know uh, that that will make you go faster. Is is understanding how you're wired, and then practicing that in whatever context. I'm not saying become an entrepreneur and become a coach because you're good at coaching. I'm saying if you have a gift for listening and a gift for sorting out uh, problems or conversations or conflict, then be that person in your office every day. Mm. Because you'll be happy doing it. And likelihood that you'll probably be more likely promoted if you do that than you don't is high. Mm-hmm. So you'll, you'll make more money. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to Viktor Frankl's, Frankl's book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, which is one of my favorite books. And he talks about life purpose and finding your purpose. And he actually talks about his witnessing. So Viktor, Viktor Frankl was an Austrian psychologist 
And he and his wife, pregnant wife, were, um, I mean, they were Jewish and they were sent to concentration camps and he was sent to Auschwitz. And he survived. His wife didn't. And he says that he could actually predict how many hours or days someone would, 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 would live after they stop being in their purpose. As a therapist, he, he, he was a listener. He was a person that people, you know, trusted and was, was it, he was able to, you know, help them emotionally. And as long as he had capacity to do that, he had a reason to exist and he continued existing, existing in Auschwitz. And so when I coach, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, they'll go to a coach. The coach says, yeah, you're really good at this. Go, you know, throw everything you have away and just start this. Usually when I coach, I said, okay, you're really good at this. How can you be this, practice this, um, exercise this in the current context, in the current context of your personal life, of your professional environment? How can you be more of this or, 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 or be more in this place uh, without changing anything else in your world? What gets in the way? Uh, the, the reason that I'm asking this is that the, I've noticed when I have clarity in my life in terms of you know, what it is I'm supposed to do. And this, this comes down to the daily basis, you know, granular details of how I spend each day. And I noticed in periods when I am working on some sort of creative project, whether it's writing a book, planning an event, uh, whatever it is, I know exactly what I need to do and how I'm going to do it. And then you get into these periods of, of navigating ambiguity. And it's in those periods of navigating ambiguity that I often tend to find I make bad decisions. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm kind of throwing spaghetti. So also, I'm just out of curiosity, like what gets in the way and how do you, how do you resolve that? So that is a great question. And that is actually one of the biggest conundrums, especially for creatives, but especially for entrepreneurs, right? Because we had this idea that we have to be productive all the time. And when we are in a project, we know exactly what we're doing. But in between, we're like, oh, my God. And we actually, for me, it what gets in the way and sometimes gets me stuck um, in those moments is that when I'm not on a ton of focus of a project, I, I allow, uh, my not so pretty or negative self talk. I allow, um, I, I stop managing my doubt. Um, it's almost like, you know, when there's direction, there's no room for that. You don't have time. I don't know how you are, but I am, I work really well under pressure. I actually mm-hmm. love it. Likewise. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I said it in, in my most recent book. I said, if I plotted out my levels of happiness on a graph, it would literally be the peaks would be at the times when I was deeply immersed in some sort of creative project. Yeah. And when, and when you are not, uh, we feel lost, you know, with time, what I'm learning is that. So here's, here's, here's something that I, I don't know if you've heard about this. Have you ever heard about the artist way? Yeah, of course. Of course. I've done it multiple times. And actually, I just started doing it again a week ago um, on a on a daily basis. Why? Because I am in between projects right now. I feel exactly what you're describing. And what I'm what I'm reminding myself is that what gets in the, the when the lack of clarity stops me from even moving towards my next project, what I what I'm 
forgetting is that the lull of activity is when we need to replenish. So that's why I said, you know, it's time for me to come back to a daily practice, to come back to a daily moment of rec- reconnection. And and then within a week, it's already kind of lifting all this kind of cobwebs of self-doubt and, and um, limiting beliefs and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so when we talk a little bit about what gets in the way, uh, you know, in terms of external behavior, what do you find stands in the way internally for people? I mean, we kind of touched on it with, you know, acceptance and, and permission. What do you find are the, the sort of things that, you know, keep people stuck? Uh, because I think that, you know, I think we were doing a Google search for, you know, potentially things to write about on the blog. And my content strategist said, one of the most common things that is searched for is how to get unstuck. And yet nobody has done a good job explaining this to anybody. So it might be worth writing about. (laughs) Yeah. How do we get unstuck? So what gets in the way is, you know, (laughs) um, none of us can paint a painting, right? With, 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 with paint. Um, well, I mean, in order to paint a painting, for some, it's very easy. They grab a brush and they put it on the canvas and they go. And for some of us, we will get the canvas, we'll get the paint and we'll completely freeze. Unless there's like an instruction manual and a paint by number, right? And then we just go. Sometimes what gets in the way is, is needing the clarity of that first step. And whether that first step comes from an internal direction or from somewhere else. It doesn't, it actually doesn't matter. But for the most part, you know, when my kids were little, I remember they had toys all around the house. But if I didn't sit with them for one minute and started building something with them, they would never touch them. It's almost like we have our creative toolbox inside of us. But if we either don't have the discipline to tap into them, or have someone guide us to go in them, we don't touch them. And so I think what gets in the way is clarifying that first step. No, sorry. Um, wow. Uh, interesting. So I am well, sure. for you on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 the thing that, that made me think about, you know, is, is clarifying that first step. And then the other, other thing I wonder about, because you and I were uh, briefly alluding to it, uh, are, are values, you know, like what yeah. role do your values play in clarity? Because I think so often we find clarity from doing the wrong things, uh, doing things that we didn't think we wanted. You know, I had mentioned earlier that we tried to build unmistakable into this like massive venture funded media company. And I thought maybe that's what I wanted. And before I knew it, I was like, oh, I nearly ran this business into the ground <laughs> because I was unclear. But that mistake brought you so much clarity. Yeah. So, I, so, so, you know, what we're saying is what gets you unstuck any action, any action is better than non-action. Any. Absolutely the wrong action will give you the wrong result, will give you the rest, will give you the clarity that you do not want that. Well, it's funny. I think it was in, in I think, Todd Herman's new book, The Alter Ego Effect, is that in the absence of clarity, take action. Uh, it, so I know actually Philip McKernan had told me that at his event. And, uh, it, it, you know, it's funny because I was I was writing about this. I think so often we get into our heads that, oh, because the action didn't lead to the outcome that we wanted, um, it was, you know, 
not a good decision. So we had a, a you know person named Michelle Ferrando here who you know studies the art and science of decision making. And I said, yeah, well, you know, I mentioned something. I said, well, that was a shitty decision. And she's like, it wasn't a shitty decision. It was a shitty outcome. Uh, but we tend to conflate the two. Yes. Yes. And, and, and I think here is the space and there's a lot here that we would talk about, you know, our, all our, our internal conversation. This is when I think the, those people that, um, will only allow perfection in their lives will, will, will really find this really, really hard. And is that, um, it, it, it is in the in the, the action leads to the discovery and the discovery leads to the path and the discovery could be that you took the action you had the the non desired outcome and that led you to the discovery that um that you don't want that in your life so you'll you'll try the opposite next time um one of i have a client who is an expert in um in 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 kind of tapping into your creative genius she's brilliant she's um, from Canada. And she says that, that she realized that she could tap into her creative genius when she asked herself to do an action or to take on a project that she knew she would fail. So the moment she was convinced it would suck, she said, I'll take an action just for the heck of it. And all of the, the, all of the uh, judgment or the expectation of perfection were gone because she already was convinced it was going to be bad. But she took the action anyway, only to discover it was great. Mm. Wow. wow. Uh, so I, I want to take us uh, kind of full circle to, to, you know, where we started. You know, we talked about the fact that at a very early age, you confronted your mortality. Um You've figured out sort of what your life's purpose is. And I wonder now, having gone through all those experiences, uh, what are you still uncertain about and what are you still afraid of? Oof. Um, hmm. That's a great question. Um, what am I, am I uncertain about? I mean, I am uncertain about my next step in the business every single day because, because because I only know uh, as far as I, I can see, you know, I, right now, I, you know, my, my, in my own, um, entrepreneurship project, my own business, I am very clear what I'm doing right now, but a year from now, two years from now, I just don't know. So I, I know I'm uncertain on that. That doesn't mean it stops me. It just means that's just what it is. And I, and I, and I get in and I'm getting and I'm practicing getting more and more comfortable with uncertainty. Mm. What am I afraid of? You know, if, if anything, I'm 46. Um, I'm no longer afraid of living this earth without really living because I feel like I have been very aware and conscious of that. Uh, maybe because I had that experience when I was 20. Um, I'm not afraid, but you know, as a parent with four children, I see, look at them and I realize how many lessons they need to learn and that as parents, we guide our kids, but we cannot save them from the lessons they will have to learn. And I am, I sometimes wonder, did I raise kids that are strong enough and resilient enough to face their own lives? 
Um, it's not necessarily, I wouldn't describe it as a fear, is a, a wonder, right? And, and, and did I give them enough of a wingspan to have strong wind, wings? Um, or did I protect them too much? You know, there's, it's a fine line. Hmm. Wow. How has your definition of success changed with time? Um, I think for me, success, personally, it, success is my capacity to continuously, uh, uh, get off the ground after I tried something that didn't work. Um, and success is how many moments can I actually be present in my daily life for me? As a creative, I'm always, you know, looking at the next big thing. And it's, it, it's a great, you can say it's great. I mean, it's a, it's a blessing, but it can be also, um, you know, a, a, a curse because many times I forget that the best, the best big thing is in front of me in that moment, whether I'm watching a movie with one of my kids or, going for a walk with my husband. I'm actually, um, I don't know if you know this, I'm a ski instructor. That's just an mm. adventure I took on this winter. And so it just, I forget that the moment I'm teaching a seven-year-old how to ski um, is the best thing that's happening in that moment. What have they taught you uh, about being a better teacher? Uh, my, my ski students? Yeah, particularly seven-year-olds. Um, uh, well, you know, a lot. Um, number one, I had this student. It was a little. She was a little older, and she's a girl. She was actually in that age group, twelve, thirteen, uh, where girls start to find their voice or not. And she kept apologizing to me for falling. And I remember, I mean, I am a coach first and also I'm a ski instructor. And I told her that I was expecting her to fall a hundred times in my class because that was the permission that she had and that it was only falling that she could uh, learn. And, um, and so it, it just, my, just that girl reminds me how many times I asked permission. I still ask permission or play small, or, you know, not really, you know, take on the space I, I should be taking on. Amazing. Wow. Uh, well, this has been really, really uh, eye-opening and thought-provoking. So I have one last question for you, which is how we finish all of our interviews with the Unmistakable Creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? Uh, Repeat it, please. Yeah. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? Unmistakable. Uh, um, the capacity to not ask for permission, to, to go full force and to take the space they want to take in the world. Amazing. Uh, well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us and share your story and your insights with our listeners. Um, where can people find out more about you and everything that you're up to? So you can reach out to me at mastersinclarity.com. 
And you can find Masters in Clarity um, on Facebook, Masters in Clarity in Instagram, um, Dolores Hirschman in LinkedIn, but mastersinclarity.com is the best place to start. Awesome. And for everybody listening, we'll wrap the show with that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Unmistakable Creative Podcast. While you were listening, were there any moments you found fascinating, inspiring, instructive, maybe even heartwarming? Can you think of anyone, a friend or a family member who would appreciate this moment? If so, take a second and share today's episode with that one person, because good ideas and messages are meant to be shared. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that, and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.